Welcome back to a very special episode of Andrew Says They're All Special. You know that. We've got Jeremy Lafredo, who some say is a young Sean Penn. I certainly do. And Sonny Nelson from Getter. How are you guys? I'm lovely. I'm well. Thank, Thank you for, for having, having me. me. Yeah, Jeremy, uh, you could go to Ukraine, pose as Sean Penn, his son or something, get with Zelensky, do a documentary there. I don't know if you've gotten that before. Have you, Sean Penn? No? No, I haven't. I've been saying it around the office for weeks now. I thought I'd bring it to you and test the waters. <laughs> Didn't go so well, I guess. I've never heard it before, but that's uh, that's very funny. I would love to go to Ukraine and act like Sean Penn's son. It sounds <laughs> like a big. It sounds very funny. Well, you guys are both from the states. Uh, we're up here in China, as they say. How's everything going <laughs> down there? In terms of the economy, we've seen so much inflation. It's not as bad here, admittedly, uh, for better or for worse, probably for worse. Um, but now Biden is bragging about gas prices going down after blaming Putin. What's your guys' feelings on how people are reacting to this? Yes, they've gone down slightly, um, not towards, not from anywhere where they were in December, which he bragged about them being way too high, you know? Um What's the feeling, do you think, about it actually coming down? Does anybody actually think it's Biden who's brought it down? What is he claiming that he's done? Jeremy, let's start with you. I mean, I got gas yesterday and it was um, I got regular. I think it was six, six fifty seven per gallon here in New York. Um, I don't think anyone is noticing it that it came down at all. I think Biden's, um, you know, whole demeanor about the them going down slightly is kind of funny because, you know, if it was. It was originally Putin's price hike. Um, you know, is this Putin's price plunge? Like, what what is Biden <laughs> doing that it, that it went down so far? Like, it, it doesn't. I don't see any policy on Biden's behalf that that would put gas down at all. Um, and initially, I think it was you know he was um, mostly you know his sanctions that made it go so high. Um, so I don't see what he's changing that would make it go down at all. I don't think I'm seeing it go down at all. I don't think other New Yorkers, at least where I am, are noticing um, any type of price plunge. Sonny, do you think that people are actually do you think this is going to help save the upcoming elections? I, I, I feel like that's where they're going with that. They need to try to get this off of people's minds before the midterms. Do you see that happening? Well, I think their comp shop is definitely trying to do that right now. Um, if you remember, I think it was last July 4th when their comp shop put out, you know, oh, this year you've saved 75 cents on a hot dog. <laughs> Thanks, Joe Biden. Um, they're doing the same thing now. I saw the White House they put out a video of the current press secretary saying, guys, I'm so excited. Gas prices have come down. 50 cents. Well, you know, here in North Carolina, thank goodness it's not as bad as New York, but um, we're still at an average of around $4. And the national average I saw today, I think is about $4.32. So yes, maybe we have gotten 20 cents here and there off, but nothing substantial. You know, gas is still $4. I missed $1.90 gas under President Trump. But back to your question about the midterms. Yes, they are going to package this up to try to salvage every little bit that they can, but we know that that's not what the American people are feeling. They might package it up all sweet and nice, but in terms of what people are feeling, it's not helping. That last press conference that Biden did before they said he had COVID, because I'm not sure I believe it, that might have been the worst one. And I'm thinking that's why they had to get him off screen for at least a week there. Um, whether he's sick or not, it's convenient if he is, in the nicest way to say that, I guess, that was 
where I think everybody sees where he says everybody I grew up with with in Delaware has cancer. Everyone I know. I think that's people seeing how bad it actually is with him. And they had to say something positive about the gas. They had to get him off screen. They brought in, you know, um, a different they brought in an economist in the White House press room there. They brought in all these different people, not Jean Pierre, as they usually bring in anything to distract from him having this terrible, you know, decline there. Now, what I want to ask you guys is, do you think that like they're going to say that he's going to run no matter what I think. But do you think actually he's going to stay? And I asked this question a lot because it seems like every week on the show, Biden's got a new kerfuffle, a new stumble, a new thing that he can't say. He can't in that uh, press conference. He couldn't read his lines at all. It seemed like whatsoever. Do you guys think that he's actually going to be kept around or do you think they pull something like, well, we've got to. Uh, it, it's time to get him out, and uh, Kamala Harris is the acting president right now. Do you think that he makes it to 2024 or possibly beyond, Jeremy? Um, first off, he's definitely sick. Um, I mean, I don't think he has COVID, but like he's been <laughs> sick this entire time. Um, I don't know if he's going to make it to 2024. I don't think he's going to run, honestly. I don't think it's in anyone's... Um, favor that that biden runs i don't think it's in the democrats favor um it's, it's i mean it is in the republicans favor um but like no one in his own party would actually think that that would be a good idea i'm sure they they want someone who's you know young and sober and clear-eyed um who can at least you know speak a sentence or a paragraph or um you know i don't think yeah i don't think it, it, he's gonna stick around for long this whole regime feels like it's got to fall apart soon. Not just because yeah. they're old, but because the corruption has become glaringly obvious. And um, Nancy Pelosi getting asked about her husband making these uh, these stock market deals. People say he's more accurate than Warren Buffett. Um, I believe there's Reddit threads that just follow everything Pelosi's husband mm -hmm. does as a as a, uh, an investment move, and he be can become successful that way. Sonny, you were mentioning something to me before about Kamala Harris said something. There's a problem with uh, people having children. What was that? What were you talking about? Oh, yes. I believe her exact line was, let me read it. Um, women are getting pregnant every day in America, and this is a real issue. <laughs> and she was speaking about this um, during, I'm pretty sure it was some kind of pro-abortion meeting or rally. Um, just those words are so tone deaf, even, even for her, because she views children as a threat or as something that is, is a problem for us. But what's interesting is that the U.S. birth rate has actually declined 20% since 2007. We have lower fertility rates. And when I was looking all of this up, it was, oh, it's such a mystery and we don't know why this is happening. Well, why do you think this is happening? Because we have abortion on demand. Luckily, no more. Hopefully states will change that. But we've had abortion on demand without reason used as birth control for, you know, going on 50 years, however long it's been. Um, you know, abortion leads to fertility problems. All of this is a cycle. It's not some giant surprise that we have a declining birth rate. Well, thankfully, we've got Elon Musk <laughs> impregnating people. <laughs> Apparently, he actually is... Um, you know, uh, how do I say this without using specific words? But he's like saving his seed. <laughs> basically, he's getting women pregnant, like in not in vitro, but um, or maybe that's what it is. But basically, he's freezing his samples, we'll call them, 
uh, we got to save the real words for rebelnewsplus.com, I think. And women, and he wants people to use that. He wants birthing people, of course, people whom can have pregnancies. Um, not women. No, not women. Just people who have Which birthing capabilities. Kamala Harris said women are getting pregnant. Well, so that's just bigoted again. of her. Whose okay. side is she on here? I mean, I thought it was birthing people. Yeah, and Kamala's another person who they hide so much. I'm not sure she's had a real... I'm not sure when you when you saw this video, but I'm not sure she had she's had a real press conference this year. She got caught with those children who were actors at the White House, and she's always just cackling. She can't really answer any questions. Um, my point earlier was that something's going to happen with this group of politicians, the the crooked Dems, as they say, the demon rats, um, just that older generation of them where it's going to come crashing down and they're just going to, you know, check out as soon as something's found to be corrupt with uh, Pelosi. She's going to be gone. Kamala Harris, like, I don't see how they can run her. She didn't make it out of the first round of primaries last time. Uh, I guess I can ask you guys, who do you think they actually run, if not Biden? I think um, I think Gavin Newsom. Really? A, well, he's running choice. those ads. I mean, he's running those ads, and I think, you know, he's, you know, he's tall. He's <laughs> um, conventionally handsome. He's young. He's sober. Um, I think, you know, if you were to see him on a stage next to some, you know, older Republican, at least the optics would be better than like, you know, dementia Joe Biden next to an older Republican where he can't even, you know, um, act like a normal human being. <laughs> That's what uh, I know. Tucker Carlson saying that that there's him and the Chicago, uh, the governor of Illinois think are thinking about running. They're doing ads. Um, Pretty terrible places to live. Sonny, I lean more towards Mayor Pete as my top choice. What about you? Yeah, I don't know. As we're sitting here talking about this, I'm going back and forth on who I think would be their best bet. The problem with Gavin Newsom is that he's a white man and he would have to pick somebody to in order to fit what the Democrats, you know, their identity politics, what they run on. Um, he would have to pick a minority to go with him. Who would that be? Good question. Um, Georgia uh, lady. What's her name again? Stacey Abrams. Yeah, she's terrible. She's just terrible a enough very, to be put in there. A very disliked person. Um, so I don't know, actually. I really have no good answer here as to who I think they should put up. Um, I think they definitely need to have a woman if they want to get those um, female votes. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. We got some time to figure it out. Well, they're bleeding Hispanic votes. I know that poll that came out recently Joe Biden's got one of the lowest ratings with Hispanic voters ever, I think. But uh, I wanted to show you guys this Matt Gates clip. Um, I, I sent it to Jeremy last night. Uh, what's, Olivia, can you find the Matt Gates clip from yesterday? Uh, I think you know it's going to be pretty obvious. Sonny, have you seen this where he's calling uh, abortion pro-abortion protesters fat and ugly? Yes, I did. Yeah. I watched the whole thing a little bit ago. Well, let's see if we can get this. You got it there? Okay. The wonders of having a great producer. She's my producer, Jamie. If you guys aren't uh, familiar with Joe Rogan, she's the female Jamie. Although Jamie is a hey, unisex Jamie. name. Exactly. Yeah, let's go ahead and play this. Is it safe to say that based off of your comments, you're suggesting that these women at these abortion rallies are ugly and overweight? Yes. <laughs> what do you say to people who think that those comments are offensive? Be offended. Mm-hmm. Safe to say I like the mm -hmm at the end. Sonny, is that too far? You're a lady. 
Oh, how did I know you were going to come at me with this? Um, you know, it gave me a little laugh, I will say. Um, Matt Gates knows how to rile people up. And if you saw his speech at SAS, he was doing the same thing um, along those lines. I have to say that I'm not big into attacking people's personal appearances. Um, sometimes I feel like that can be kind of a low blow when we have so many other factual things that we can hit the dims on with this argument. You know, we as conservatives have the moral high ground on this pro-life issue. And when you look at it, it's really a heart problem. That is what all of this stems from. It stems from seeing a child in the womb as human and worthy of protecting. I do think he maybe went a little too far, but it got him clicks, it got him publicity, and now everybody's talking about it. Well, that's a good point. Jeremy, is it just for clicks? Has he had enough? Is it too far? How do you feel about using these tactics? It's a five-second clip, but um, it, it's like he just went on there and said, yeah, they're fat and ugly. How do you feel about that? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think he it's it's funny, but like as an actual, you know, stance, I was there at the pro-abortion rallies in New York City um, for two days here. And at least here, you know, I saw tons of beautiful women, um, uh, you know, apparently, you know, they were, you know, they were screaming out, you know, obscenities and posters that made me cringe. But, you know, they were pretty. I'm not going to lie. Um, so, you know, while the video is funny, I'm not sure. I think it's really a. Uh, you know, taking a broad stroke with his brush, uh, you know, because it's most it's mostly like it's like it's all liberal women, essentially, that he's talking about. And to call them all fat and ugly is kind of silly. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on some of those rallies you've been going to in NYC. Um, is anything changing there? This is a question I ask people from California a lot. If the opinions are getting more extreme or more reasonable, how have you felt about the answers or the interviews you're doing in New York City recently? Um, in terms of crime, in terms of abortion rights, how, how are the opinions in your, in, in your view going these days? Are they going more extreme? Or are they becoming more reasonable? Or basically the same as they've been since people have been doing this, like let's say since 2016? Um, well, in terms of the, you know, the abortion rallies, I was surprised because, you know, it was two days in a row. These people were, you know, essentially saying, you know, I'm willing to die for this cause, like, you know, this and that. And then there really hasn't been a demonstration in, in a month. Um, so, you know, I, I question how dedicated they are to their, you know, supposed cause because they haven't, you know, organized anything since they said that they were willing to die for this. So um, in terms of abortion, that's that. And then in terms of crime, I asked a lot of people about the Jose Alba case, um, who is the, if you're not familiar, he's the um, bodega convenience store worker who um, he stabbed his, uh, his attacker with a knife and his, his attacker ended up dying. He was in his own bodega, his own convenience store. Uh, the guy came behind the counter. And um, I asked people here what they thought about it. And, you know, it, it re they really didn't have like the liberal um, NYC pro-crime outlook that you would think that they would have. They all sided um, with the bodega, uh, with the convenience store employee, they all said that crime is out of control here. Um, so it's really, um, it's not so much um, that there's a, such a difference in opinion of, you know, regular people in New York and regular people in the rest of the country. It's more so that there's a division between regular people in New York and the people that they've themselves elected to run the city. Um, and even the people here in New York who consider themselves on the left or liberal um, see that the people that they've put in charge are letting the city go to shit. And if you ask Jill Biden, it's pronounced Bogada. 
Um, <laughs> That's funny. <what> but, <laughs> but I'm glad you said convenience store. We don't ha we don't call them bodegas up here. It's more something you learn from like a Dave Chappelle sketch or something. But we call them convenience stores. Sonny, is that offending you? The word convenience here, store? Here. No, no, no. <laughs> we don't call them bodegas here either. At first, when I first saw the story, I was like, "What is that? What's a and boga doll?" That's funny. That's my sunny accent. No, it's more it's more intelligent of a southern accent than what I do. I apologize. Oh, thank you. That, that is so kind of you. It's the letter I that gets her, Jeremy. She can't say a word with the letter I. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> Sorry, Sonny. Well, it happens time, every time. Well, last time Andrew said I was losing my accent, so I guess I've been back in the South long enough to mm -hmm. pick it back up. She's back at the ranch. Cattle, something, so doing something with cattle, I'd imagine. No, um, in New York City, these um, these crimes keep happening, and I'm talking about violent crime, and they're gaining momentum. And I want to talk about this: um, the guy running against Kathy Hochul, who basically had an assassination attempt, worst assassination assassination attempt ever, though, where he says, "This is going to be the end of you," or "This is the end of you." Yeah, and he's he's like, he said, "Like you're done." You're done, bud. He might as well have been Canadian. <laughs> You're done, bud. Um, and then he gets out uh, with no bail. I was going to say out on bail, but he gets on uh, released without any bail. And this guy who's running for governor is like, see, this is t the type of stuff that I'm running against. Do you foresee any sort of change in the guard here? Or are we just uh, DNC until we die? I don't think this guy's got a chance. I think no matter how bad the governor or the mayor in New York City is going to be, they're still going to vote blue down the ticket. I could be wrong. What do you think? No, I agree with you. I, I think Lee Zeldin, like, that's the guy. He's he's a good candidate. I like his politics. But, like, it is the whole assassination attempt. Like, if you watch it, like, it was super slow, super awkward, kind of strange. It, it ended up being a plastic, uh, you know, um, piece that he was, like, attempted to be stabbed with. And mm. the guy who actually let... The guy who actually let the criminal out of jail um, was um, he was a member of Lee Zeldin's uh, campaign staff. Oh, my God. So it, the, the whole thing seems like kind of a political um, game uh, that Lee Zeldin is playing to, you know, kind of get uh, people on his side. He, you know, he's saying, you know, they're letting people out of jail. He gets uh, he tries to get killed and then the guy gets let out of jail. It's a great story. Um I like Lee Zeldin, but I don't think that, you know, the Republicans have a chance uh, in the near future to to win New York. So what do you mean the guy who let him out was part of his campaign? The Of, of course. So, well, the first the campaign, the, the, it was the campaign's decision um, not to uh, press any serious charges. Um, so they kind of started that going like they once they said that it's like, OK, well, maybe he's going to be let out. Um, and then the. Um, the you have to look it up, but the the I believe it's it's someone who's already um, in law uh, federal not federal state law enforcement in New York um, who was in charge of that case is also on uh, Zeldin staff. Wow, that's crazy. The things you don't hear about, and and I think we get trapped doing that on both sides, where it's like we want to believe a story is so outrageous, yeah, but it ends up being something else. Sonny, do you think that there's a chance here? for anything to change in the midterms monumentally. I mean, I keep asking questions like this, but um, for some reason, I feel like something still could happen where it's like, well, the Republicans have really been like, they sold that Trump was winning in a landslide um, and they're selling that there's going to be a landslide. I forget who I saw on um, on Fox recently saying that 
his conservative estimate was that the Republicans gain like 20 something seats and it could be even more. Do you think it's going to be as much as people have said um, that have people finally had enough of these weird policies or do you think it's sort of just going to be the usual ebb and flow? Usually when a president gets in, the opposing party gets the House right after. Right. Yeah, you know, this is how election cycles go. Um, typically, midterms will have a big switch. I think, and I'm hoping, that there will be an even bigger um, wave of Republicans that are going in because the Biden administration policies have been so detrimental to average Americans, you know, whether it be gas prices or whether it be your utility bills going up, um, you know, the immigration problem that we are having in Texas and all along our southern border right now is unheard of. And these are things that I really hope that average Americans who aren't really into politics or maybe weren't that involved in the 2020 election, I hope that they take a second, step back, look at their life and say, how is my life right now compared to two or three years ago. And they really vote with a policy mindset rather than a person mindset. Um, you know, if that happens, and I think we'll see a big red wave as they say, now you run into election fraud, the things that we faced during the 2020 election. Um, these are all things that I hope that we don't have to face going into 2024, but it will be interesting to see going in. Yeah, and on this illegal immigration front, now that they're being sent to Democratic cities, there's this huge outrage. Olivia, can you find Eric Adams, New York City mayor, legal immigration? And it's happening in D.C. as well. And I always laugh that her name's Mayor Bowser. It's like they, they purposely choose the evilest sounding and looking people. To <laughs> you got Mayor Bowser. you got Lori Lightfoot. Isn't that a Mario Kart? Uh, yeah. Uh, Bowser's the, the, the big evil boss in Mario. And then you've got Lori Lightfoot, who looks like a gremlin. London Breed is an interesting name that I always hear out from California. It's just like they have to pick somebody with a weird name or looks really weird to run these places. But now the, the D.C. mayor is complaining about illegal immigration and it's unsustainable. And Eric Adams, let's show this clip. He's I, I believe he's saying how it's going to, you know, ruin their uh, their local economies yeah, and going to take a toll on our infrastructure and our economy and uh, this and that. It's it's really interesting. Let's play this, Olivia. Um, million debt relief program. I don't know. Let's play this. Let's see what he says anyways. We've got it there. <laughs> and we can't have uh, the historical, um, I believe people should be housed, but just don't house them on my block. Everyone blocked. Everyone's block is going to be impacted by this. And so we have to add our advocacy uh, with our uh, ability to help our neighbors. And we need everyone on board with this, you know, because uh, as I stated last week, our schools are going to be impacted. Our healthcare system is going to be impacted. Uh, our infrastructure is going to be impacted. Uh, but we're willing to do our job and we're going to do our job and we're going to need all New Yorkers to be with us on this. I mean, that sounds a little racist, Jeremy, but uh, it sounds like he's not against the illegal immigration. I was kidding about that, Sonny. I don't actually think it's <laughs> I saw her face. Be like, what the hell? No. Um, I wasn't really uh, picking up what you were putting down there. Wow, this is like your fourth time on the show. Still doesn't get my humor. Um, delete. Um, she, it sounds like he's kind of for it. He's saying, oh, we're all going to have to sacrifice um, our way of life and, you know, just start relieving debt for people. Mm. Is there anything else I'm missing from this, Jeremy, that you know? No, I, know I mean, you know, I don't think any constituency likes to hear, you know, 
I'm going to do this thing that's going to make your life worse. We're going to make your, like, it's not something that, that people like to hear. Your block is going to change. Your neighborhood's going to change. Um, you know, and that's just something that we have to deal with. It's like, no, the, these are not, this is not a natural occurrence. This is, you know, the, the effect of your policies. Um, so I don't think any New Yorker really likes to hear that other than maybe, you know, uh, college liberals who are living in dorm rooms who don't actually have any neighborhood or house. But, um, that's what's. Uh, I don't think anyone really likes to hear that in New York. Well, on one hand, he's saying all this stuff is going to cost us money, but he doesn't say that it's costing the money. It inevitably is, but he's also saying we're going to relieve the debt for mental health professionals. I'm not sure exactly how that uh, helps a person, you know, who works downtown Manhattan or something, or they ha they're a postman or a garbage man. I'm not sure how relieving um, the debt for mental health professionals helps the yeah, average person. I'm not sure exactly. Are, are they saying it's going to cause more mental health issues? Are they saying that the people coming in? I don't see the. Do you know what the connection is there between relieving I, mental health debt? No, that that's a it's a great point. And like maybe he, I'm, I'm sure they had a had an idea when they wrote that, but like I don't see <laughs> the connection. I don't see it. Sonny, what do you think about these politicians? I know um, the D.C. mayor there, uh, Super Mario, has a problem with the illegal immigrations. I think she went on Meet the Press or something to that caliber. Um, and, and they're saying they don't want it in their neighborhoods. But this has been going on for how long in Texas, Arizona, New Mexico? Right. Well, that's what you get from these Democrat leaders, this very elitist mentality. They want open immigration for everybody until it starts affecting them. And that is one thing that I've really learned probably this year is how well Democrats are at communicating. Their comm shops are really just on it all the time. They can package something up to sound so nice, just like what we were seeing in the previous clip. He was making it sound like this is, we're all in this together. I'm <laughs> gonna be affected by this. You're gonna be affected by this. Well, actually, no, you're not because you're gonna be behind your gate with your guards and your security while we're out on the street and we're letting in criminals after criminal, but that's not something that they have to face. It's this elitist mentality from Democrats that really is just astounding to me. And it's astounding that Americans don't see it because they believe the press that they are given. Jeremy, it's really weird how Eric Adams has governed so far. I feel like he go he goes on these walks and he's like, oh, I didn't know it was this violent. He goes on the subway. He's like, I didn't know there's this many crazy and homeless people on the subway. But he doesn't really do, I, am I wrong? Is he not really doing anything about it? I know one of their first initiatives was to eliminate putting people in bail for, uh, in jail for violent crimes. And obviously they have this uh, no cash bail system. He seems to be pointing out these problems. And even in that statement, he's like, well, this is going to affect our community, but too bad. Is he doing anything to actually stem these sort of problems that he himself is admitting, admittedly noticing? No, and, and that's exactly right. He, he'll, he'll like, he'll take a walk as if he's a, you know, it's just like, it's like, you know, um, how AOC will tweet about things or politicians will tweet about things and then not do anything like it, it's just tweeting. And he's just taking a walk in a neighborhood where he's the mayor of and saying, wow, we got to do something about this. It's like, <laughs> you're, you're, who's more powerful than you in New York City? Um, so, you know, you have you have that happening. It's, it's very like performative. You walk through neighborhoods, goes on subway. So I have no idea. City's really falling apart. Someone <laughs> should do something about this. Um, and, you know, it's sad. And then you have also, I mean, you know, Joe Biden's economic policies and pandemic policies are obviously, obviously pay, playing a role here 
in the city where theft and robberies are up. Like, of course, you know, we have record unemployment here in New York, um, record inflation. Um, you know, people are not in a comfortable position and crime is on the rise. And that's because of Joe Biden's economic policies, because of the pandemic policies. And instead of, you know, maybe, um, you know, putting together some job programs or something like that, it's like they're just sending in illegal immigrants. It's like we can't even deal with unemployment the way it is if you, um, you know, send more people in, it's going to get even worse. So that's, that's what's going on in New York. I think you guys are going to need a serious Batman reboot to deal with this, to point out all the problems that's funny. <laughs> in New York. Um, I'm preferential to Christian Bale. I don't know about you guys. Sonny's probably more of a George Clooney, Batman kind of girl. Um, <laughs> the really worst one. You don't have a Batman I, preference. This is why women and I men are the same. Man preference. Who's that? Toby. Um, no, I did like him. Um, what's, what's the second one? Oh, you don't what's even know. Name? I have a preference, but I don't know who he is. Uh, Tom Holland and, or. No, no. Andrew Garfield. Garfield. Right? That's nah, his name? nah. Yep. Can't yeah, rock with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Toby's so memeable. Um, Spider-Man <laughs> three was one of the worst movies ever where he's emo. We're gonna have to throw footage of that over top of this where he's emo and he's walking around and him being an emo evil guy is like not holding the door open for somebody and dancing wildly. Um, Doesn't look like Jeremy's seen that. So you're gonna have to go back and watch Spider-Man (laughs) three. Something unique to New York, I feel like right now is this monkey pox rush that's going on. We saw the lineup, I think. We'll be able to flash that up, the lineup that happened a couple weeks ago for the monkeypox shot. I talked to my friend Eric on my podcast um, about this, about how Canada isn't really going for the monkeypox yet. They're really trying, because we're still on COVID, you guys. I don't know if you noticed that. But uh, we recently said... That's um, a good one. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, you can never be up to date in Canada. You just need it every nine months. Uh, you can never be fully vaxxed, even though things still say you have to, like, you know how it is. Uh, so we're not moving on from that. But uh, New York's doing the monkeypox thing. I think I saw something today that said men who have sex with other men are preferentially um, at the front of the line. They can't even say gay men or bisexual men or anything. Men who have sex with other men, they're uh, getting first line service for the shot is is this something people are freaking out about in New York, Jeremy? I, I saw something. Um, it was yesterday. It was like LGBT men. It's like, what's the lesbian <laughs> men? You know, like, what, right. what are we doing here? Um, and then, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's true. Gay men are like front of the line for the monkeypox vaccine. And it's some people are like, oh, my God, like, you know, it's 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 unfair to people who aren't gay. But it's like no one should be getting this shot anyway. Um, honestly. Uh, it's not. It has, it has a worse, uh, worse safety profile than the COVID vaccine in terms of adverse reactions, um, which is, uh, which is crazy. Um, and you just saw Tedros, um, the, the general director of the World Health Organization, um, his panel, his expert panel, voted nine to six against um, declaring monkeypox a crisis of international concern. And he overrode his own expert <laughs> panel. He's not a doctor. Um, he overrode his own expert panel, declared an emergency of international concern. Um, oh, and now man. Biden is saying, you know, I might do the same, declared, um, you know, an emergency of uh, national concern. And zero people, zero people have died of monkeypox in the U.S. So, you know, this is some type of psyop. I don't know exactly what the motive is yet, but it's obvious. Like, why are we calling this a crisis of international or national concern when there's the amount of deaths you can count on one person's hand? Um, it's, it's, it's really, uh, crazy. Sonny, what do you think's going next? Do you think we're going full blown monkeypox, or do you think climate lockdowns, oh. which takes hold in America? 
Yeah, I don't know. And I have to say, I did not know this much about monkeypox. I didn't even know there was a vaccine. Um, I guess I need to start researching monkeypox. So I, I can think you need to take the vaccine because they're all safe probably. and effective. All of them. Yes. <laughs> all vaccines. Yes. Um, Joe Biden. I, I feel like we're going probably with monkeypox or another variant of COVID. I'm sure that's coming next. Um, whatever they can do to con keep control just very tightly around us, they're, they're going to keep doing it. You know, fear sells very well, as we saw with the last two years, people very much have been fearful and living in seclusion and whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, I can definitely see, you know, midterms coming up, we have another election. Could there be another outbreak sometime soon? There might be, we might have to do all mail-in ballots once again. We're going to have to election talk and vaccine. I have to retroactively now go and say that this is going beyond the paywall. <laughs> and I'm sure and the, and the climate lockdowns are coming. And that'll right. be another reason that, you know, you can't drive Well, you can't use the CO2 to drive to the and vote. So you need to mail it in because it's just it's greener, and more sustainable. Right. The fertilizer stuff is coming. It's coming in Canada right now. Um, they'll try it in the U.S. That's what's wonderful about the U.S. There's so much more resistance to this stuff. Because people there actually care about freedom in so many of the states. Where in Canada, it's like, well, if I don't get, if I don't die today, then I don't really mm -hmm. care about it. That's basically the standard in Canada. If I can buy things, even if they're extremely unaffordable, then it's not a problem. And we see that we've seen that the last two years. Nobody in Canada seems to care about anything in terms of freedom-related things. Um, Sonny, I wanted to ask you about this event that happened that I know Getter was involved in, the Student Action Summit. And we, we see a bunch of these and, you know, Getter is there, um, TPUSA is there and everything. How important do you think it still is to keep reaching out at these programs? I know you, I ask you this often, but I want to get your, I always want to get your plan moving forward as to why we keep, um, and I'm not saying this derogatorily, but why we keep sending our representatives to these events. Um, what's the goal right now? What are we trying to reach out people for in terms of Getter? Is it, you know, are we going the free speech stuff? Are we are we looking for younger influencers? What do you think is the best uh, the best outcome you get from these going forward right now? Going forward yeah, right absolutely. now. What am I saying? <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, Getter was one of the sponsors for SAS this weekend in Tampa. And one of the things that Turning Point does, I think a good job of is engaging the younger audience, because this is something that we were talking about earlier with, you know, the Democratic Party, they have a lot of old leadership. So mm -hmm. I think it's very important to start cultivating kids, high schoolers, especially college age students, ones that can vote at a young age. And this is what we believe. These policies work. These policies don't. Turning Point does a good job of doing that and raising up the next generation. And of course, Getter, we want to do the same thing. One thing that Getter was doing um, down in Florida was promoting vision, which mm -hmm. I know um, you have been working with. I've been posting some visions. Um, vision is our kind of competitor to TikTok and Instagram Reels. Um, and that's something that we've really seen. It's the, the culture is moving more towards this short video component. It's what um, a lot of people are interested in. I know I'm in. I deleted TikTok a while ago. It was very <laughs> hard for me because I spent a lot of time on TikTok, but there was just too many bad reports coming out. I just had to cut the cord. But um, that's why I'm really glad we have Vision. There's an alternative to it. Um, yeah, I think these these summits, sometimes they can get a little mundane, a little repetitive, but they're very important 
for younger generations, I think. Give them some um, commonality with people, reminds them that they are not the only ones that think this way. Um, especially for younger kids, it's easy to feel isolated. And the left wants to make you feel isolated if you have conservative values. They want to make you feel separated and that you're crazy and you're outdated for thinking like this. So bringing a bunch of kids together so that they can talk about these ideas, I think is a great thing. Do you ever worry that some of the younger influencers get too swept up in like their Instagram posts and, and, and trendy oh, videos yeah. and stuff and don't focus enough about actual, you know, real policies or actual problems? Absolutely. And it's very easy. I want to say, I want to say easy cautiously because it's easy to post online and to be a keyboard warrior. It's harder to go be a part of a campaign and do door knocking, you know, face-to-face -face interaction, setting up a table, talking to people. That's a lot harder than just posting videos online. And I understand posting videos takes a lot. You get a lot of hate a lot of times, but face-to-face -face stuff is a lot harder. So I really encourage people to get involved in local elections and to do some door knocking, to do some face-to-face -face stuff, because at the end of the day, word of mouth and interpersonal relationships perform much better than online engagement. That's the mature Sonny speaking. One of the, yes. <laughs> one of the, the things I think, Sonny. exactly right. You've changed. Um, one of the things I think that you guys do very well and that these events do is that they bring some of the influencers. I think that Morgan Zegers, I think is how you say your name. She's from like Montana or someplace I've never been to. And it shows, it sort of shows people that you can live in these places and have a very good life and then still have your social media presence and still be an influential person. But you can live in one of these states where, you know, it's going to be way cheaper to live. You're going to have way more freedoms and stuff like that. And I think uh, especially young people need to see that. Now, I know everybody's moving from LA to Texas and Florida, and I would love to be one of them or, um, or Tennessee and something like that. But you, there's still tons of land out there that, that most people think that it's not worth living on, but the f amount of freedom and the amount of economic flourishing you can have in some of these places, like a South Dakota or Montana is monumental. I think it's the equivalent and they're still going to be way bigger than they are in Canada. For example, like you go out West of Canada, you might find a place with 10,000 people. One of these capital cities or somewhere around them in one of these, uh, red states, we'll call them maybe in the Rust Belt or something like that, still going to have a few hundred thousand people and you're still going to be able to live the life you probably think isn't um, livable just by thinking of it, just by the flyover states and all the stuff that Jimmy Kimmel cries about. Um, so that's just my pitch to, pe to the young people out there. Jeremy, when are we going to see you at the Young Women's event? When are we going to see you at the Student Action Summit? <laughs> do you want to do you go to any of these events, Jeremy, or are you just uh, on the um, ground only? I've never been to any of those events. I mean, I think I think they're, you know, important. Um, if they wanted, if I was supposed to go to one, I would go to one, but, um, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not really my, my, my thing. I'm glad people are organizing. Um, but they can, they'll do that without me. <laughs> I was really pushing for you to go to the, the young women. What's it called? Sunny. Young women's leadership. Summit. That's right. That's where Jeremy it would sounds flourish. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rebel news reporter Juan Mendoza went to one and uh, I think he had a good time. Then the social media guru Yankee uh, goes to those with him, I think. So there's lots of events. You could just report on it, Jeremy. Nobody's asking you to become a young woman yet. That's what... <laughs>
it's a slippery slope. <laughs> We're going to need our trans New York reporter soon. Believe you me. <laughs> and um, Getter's got six already. So don't uh, don't sleep on them for that. That's breaking really? news, Sonny. It's breaking news. That is breaking news. That is news to me. Six trans reporters at the Getter headquarters in New York City as we speak here today. You guys can fact check me on that. I will have to go back and put us behind the paywall somewhere around the vaccine stuff, I think. But thank you guys both for joining me. Sonny, join Nelson from Getter.com. Uh, I use the desktop version. Probably most people use the app. But uh, Jeremy, New York reporter for RebelNews.com. Uh, anything else you guys want to say before we cut you loose? No, I'm good. Thank you. Wow, you guys. I give you a platform and you just spit all over now. <laughs> thank you guys. Enjoy talking to you, Jeremy. Thanks for coming on. We'll have you back soon. Okay, guys? Thanks. Thank you. Set aside where they get to the stalling, house side where they get to the walking, no side for the people that's often rushing. My boy, you know that I'm talking. Hey, rushing. My boy, you know that I'm talking. Hey, look, rushing. My boy, you know that I'm. Sent aside. I don't trust a single soul inside. Need to euthanize. Sit on their ass while they loot the guys. With their suits and ties, we rip them off with the strength of gods. If I see Nancy Pelosi or Kevin McCarthy, we fighting like Budokai. Yeah.